Hey, baby. Hey. Naomi and Andy here with yep. a quick cue slash request. Yes. So, okay, Acast is doing these audience surveys, okay? We put the link in the show notes. The link is going to be in the link tree on our on Instagram and everything like that. Here's the thing, Naomi. Yeah. You know, we're already pretty choosy about the ads right. that we allow on the show. No weapons manufacturers. Raytheon, get out of here. Yeah. Screw off, Raytheon. But we want to make sure that the ads are kind of tailored to y'all. Right. Okay? Right? Say you want to hear ads for a different world DVD box sets. We need to know that. We, we need can to go out that. to them. We can get the word <laughs> out. But we only can get the word out if you give us the word. So you got to fill out the survey. It is quick, quick, quick. And it just lets us know if the ads you're hearing are the right ads for you. Yeah. So get on over to the show notes where that link is or the Couples Therapy link tree and fill out that quick survey so we can pass the word on to ACAST. All right. Roll it. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Open your hearts. Loosen your butts. It's time for Couples Therapy. Yeah, this podcast is Andy and Naomi's, where they can both laugh and hang with all their homies, talking excellent vacationing with brunches and cuddling, to messy situationships and conscious and coupling, from Netflix hookups to single them with some Hulu, text sex regrets or feeling on your new jubu. They gon' talk about it, ah, yeah, you are invited, ah, needing therapy, I guarantee, baby, we got it. It's up, up, up. And welcome to Couples Therapy. My name is Andy. And I am Naomi. We are a real life couple. A real life couple of comedians. And on Couples Therapy, in in quarantine, we answer a couple different questions from a couple different listeners. Yes, folks. Hello. How are you? Naomi, I don't even know what uh, day it is, what hour it is. I'm so tired. <laughs> I, I know. You I, are weary. You're I was weary about to... to the bone. But can I just say, like, we don't even need to talk about what day it is. If you guys are listening to this, you know what day it is. It's Tuesday. And the fact is, what we need to get through more than anything. Oh, my God. It's 420, baby. I hope Ugh. you guys have it together. Oh, God. I hope you're not high as a kite right now. You know, I'm a grandmother. Oh, you can't take the scent. <laughs> However, okay, you little potheads, you weed heads. Today's episode is literally one of my favorites. I am obsessed. Such a gosh darn blast. Literally, like, our today's guest, you guys, we are talking to Shalita Grant. Shalita is an actor and an entrepreneur, honey. You've seen her on Search Party, NCIS New Orleans, Santa Clarita Diet. You've seen the girl on Broadway. 
and she is the founder of Four Naturals Hair Care. Do Ooh. you love to see it? Ooh. Y'all, Ooh. I want Shalita to be my friend so bad. And you can tell <laughs> in the episode that I'm very thirsty, but she is so wonderful and like so open and just like really bringing the real. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. I it mean, was we, for my soul. It was for my soul. Uh, I, I pretty much binge watched uh, Search Party season three. Yeah. Actually, I binge watched every season of Search Party, I think. <laughs> but, uh, and she was just so incredible. I was like, so funny. I was like, Naomi, should we see if she wants to be on the show? I know. And then, and then to find out, honey, is Juilliard trained? I said, of Juilliard. course. I said, of course. I mean, truly effortless. But first, <laughs> before we get to Shalita, I want to give you guys, we want to give you guys a little quick follow up because, you know, we do this podcast for the love of the game, but every now and then it is beautiful to find out that we're changing lives. That we've helped someone. That, that we we've really touched have. someone's life with the advice. Now, last week, uh, we had on Drew, Drew yeah, Drogi. Drew Drogi. Right? We answered a question about uh, being creative, feeling guilty about being creative, about taking time to be creative. And, you know, we said, like, well, take whatever time. If you watch TV, take whatever time you watch TV to be creative. So you mm -hmm. don't feel guilty. Just take the time from something else. Or don't feel guilty. You know, work through the guilt. Yep. Right? Yep, yep, yep. So uh, we gave that advice to uh, to the person who wrote in or called in. And they called back. Oh my god, I love with it. The follow up. So oh, here, I love closure. <laughs> so thank you. Here's their voicemail. Hi guys, uh, you answered my question, and I'm so thrilled because um, I had given up hope. And um, uh, yeah, I was the one who was asking about you know sort of feeling guilt over you know spending time being creative, and um, I just wanted a to follow up because you talked about watching TV and um, I do not in fact ever watch TV because why would I do that to myself because then I would have to feel guilty for um, years and um, yeah so I don't know it's been a while obviously since I left that message um, I have been getting a little better um, I took up sewing over the pandemic and I I spent um, all of this past Sunday not leaving the house and just sewing, and um, that was a big deal for me. And I definitely feel guilty about it, but I also feel, um, yeah, like I enjoyed it and was making something that I liked. Um, so uh, just uh, thanks again so much for taking the time to answer my question. Um, and I, yeah, again, I appreciate you so much. All right, bye. Okay, well, to be fair, she just likes to feel guilty. I'm going to say that. She just li she just likes to feel guilty or is very comfortable feeling guilty because what? Don't own a TV? I mean, don't watch TV just so that she don't have to feel guilty. But, 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 a whole day spent sewing. A whole day spent sewing. That's growth. That's creativity. That's growth. That's creativity. That creativity. And hopefully the more she does it, the less guilty she'll feel. Yeah. Now, uh, I do also have to bring up on, uh, I guess I would say uh, on, on the negative side, if that was the positive side from last week's episode, yes, yes, on the yes, negative yes. side from yes. last week's episode, yeah. I played a clip from Ask Rana, which featured Rana Glickman, of course, and Brian Safi. Yeah. Uh, we've been guests on their show. They've been guests on our show. I've guest hosted with Rana, taking Brian's place when he's out gallivanting. <sighs> Where they were... Uh, and and someone I forget who now, but someone uh, wrote in and said it is indeed libel. They mm -hmm. they libeled us, yeah, by yeah. saying we were part of QAnon and that you know you were just you know involved with 
the message boards mm. that your ideas mm. had changed me. You know, to think which that is, you would be my gateway, which is not such, true, not, not true, true at all, not true. It's uh, I wouldn't even. 8chan in his infancy, which would have been uh, something awful, disgusted me. Yep. I once looked at something awful in about 20 years ago. I was like, nope, <laughs> not for me. <laughs> not for me. So, no, I, not even – I didn't even get within 20 paces of, of uh, 8chan as a, as a uh, fetus. Honey, you were social distancing before it was cool. And you know what? We held back last week. Yeah. Because I didn't really want to – or I didn't really want to uh, start a rivalry, but I, I have to say, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I you know I was trying to take the upper hand. I was encouraging people to listen to their podcast, give them five stars. You know what I mean? Just really take the upper hand. But you know, Andy, you came to me with some information. Yeah, look at the photos from the uh, the January sixth Capitol insurrection. Rana and Brian were there. They yeah. were there. They were there. They were there at the insurrection, not as bystanders. No, not as bystanders. So. You know what, Naomi? Yeah. Uh, people in glass houses. That's all I got to say. People in glass houses. Shouldn't break the windows of the Capitol. Shouldn't break the windows of the Capitol. Exactly. Exactly. But um, you know what? I wish them well in their journey. <laughs> I wish them best of luck in their future endeavors. <laughs> Every Tuesday, download both podcasts. Decide ours which one first. is decide which Obviously, thriving. download ours first. Exactly. Okay, okay. We've got to stop with our online rivalry. <laughs> Anyway, before we get into the show, a little bit of housekeeping. Naomi, I believe you have a show coming up. Thank do you. Do you not? So much. Yes, I do. In about a week and a half? Not even a f- eight days. Wednesday, April 28th at 6 p.m. Pacific, 9 p.m. Eastern. I will be working out new material with the hilarious, inimitable, wonderful Joe Firestone and Aparna Nancherla. You know them. Friends of the show. Friends IRL. And honestly, you guys, when I say working it out, I do mean working it out. It's going to be new stuff. It's going to be rough. It's going to be like, you know, we're really going to just kind of see where we're at. Um, it, but however, I do want you to know that, you know, your ticket sales will go to Mabel's mastectomy fund, Mabel's chemotherapy fund. Okay. So this is, so the tickets honestly are going to a wonderful place and I do believe we will give you an ent- entertaining evening of comedy. Maybe not the tightest comedy, but mm. entertaining. So uh, where can they get tickets from Naomi? Well, thank you very much for pushing me to give the details. <laughs> you guys have got to go to DynastyTypewriter.com. They're hosting that live stream, baby. DynastyTypewriter.com. Yeah. Wednesday, April 28th. And of course, uh, every Wednesday, at least until we are totally vaccinated, we are on Twitch. Twitch.tv slash Couples Therapy Pod. 2 p.m. PST. We're doing goofs, having fun, hanging out with the Couples Therapy Quarantine crew. I hope you'll join us. But for now, let's get to Shalita. Roll it. Shalita, first, so I worked on Search Party season four and uh, just now season five. And you first, you were heaven sent from above in season three. A true oh, gift. A dream and a gift. <laughs> but I was telling Charles and Sarah Violet, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm going to talk to Shalita for the podcast. Um, I was like, what, what is she like? Is she nice? And she's like, Shalita is perfect, okay? She's going to give you energy. Shalita does three pole classes a day. That's what I was told in advance. You do three pole dancing classes a day. Yeah, three. that was, that was yeah. I used to, when I was, go, when I was like learning, um, I, was, I would go to three, sometimes four a day, like two oh in the morning, two in the, like the evening. Oh my God. And on the other side of this wall is my like, 
pole palace. <laughs> you have a pole palace? Like, yes, there's like grass on the wall and there's like these lights that change and shit they were like 30 bucks on amazon (laughs) i encourage you to do that um they're like the strip lights and these they go to music too like there's a function where when the music's playing it like 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 all yeah yeah it's nice a nice pole and like dance floor in there it's nice (laughs) It's inspiring. I just looked up Paul Palace on Google. It's not what you would think. (laughs) That's funny. What was it? (laughs) Very sensual. And now he's got to purge his search history. (laughs) Oh, shit. Yeah. Clear your cookies. Clear them. Clear the cash. Clear them cookies. How did you get into like pole dancing and stuff? Because you're obviously yeah. like a work, like you're a fit person. So you were already just like exercising and stuff. Sorry, cat has to cross the frame. <laughs> it's okay. But like, how did you pick, how did like pole dancing become the thing? Okay, so um, let me tell you this before. So um, when I was like 21, 22, I had like, well, when I was 21, I went through like my second like depression, like I had just graduated Juilliard and my first job was Shakespeare in the Park. Mm-hmm. Um, and my year, like I worked with Al Pacino. I worked with Jesse Tyler Ferguson, like really cool people. Mm-hmm. And then um, I didn't work for like nine months. And mm-hmm. it was the first time, like I was the first person in my class to get a job. Like before, like I, I got a job before we graduated. So oh, I, I was like in it. the rehearsals, you know? Yeah. And you just yeah. think like, oh yeah, baby, it's <laughs> nothing but work, 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 work. You know what I mean? You're like, yeah, losers. Um, <laughs> and then, um, so, so I didn't have a break between like graduation and like going into the workplace. So Juilliard was like such an intense experience for me, like four years of just like, you know, and I lived in New York like the whole time. Mm-hmm. So like not having anything to do was like, yeah. that was the beginning of the end. And <laughs> then, <laughs> and then also like I had like had such a good experience actually at Juilliard that like when I started the audition process in New York, I was like, what the fuck? These people are so disrespectful. <laughs> like, <laughs> like I walked into this one audition and this guy, he fucking put his head down producer as soon as I walked in. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, my God, like, like, oh, my God. So for nine months, man, and and when I came out of it, I had gained like a lot of weight. So me being me, I'm like, all right, how can I kill two, potentially three birds with one stone? How can I start making money in a way that doesn't make me feel bad about myself and keeps me depressed and also lose weight? And so I ran into a classmate, just like happenstance on the street, and he had got a job at Equinox. And you know, the business model of Equinox for personal trainers is we can take anybody off of the street and presto majesto, 
your world-class personal trainer and so y'all are paying like two g's for like a 24 pack and you're thinking oh my god i'm gonna get like the best person and you got me like i just got off the couch myself you know what i mean like we figured this out together so like for real like they give you like the equa like equa fit classes or whatever so i was literally figuring it out with my clients and just the virtue of like getting out of the house and like having to take the subway i lost like five pounds um (laughs) you know just like moving Mm. oh and this is why Um, i miss new york honey because i'm in (laughs) la honey just by virtue of sitting in the house yes i can't fit into my old navy jeans so i understand (laughs) yes it's savage (laughs) it's hard so so that's how i got started like lifting weights actually i learned so much about like weight training and like how to lose weight blah 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 and then I started working because I got happier again and like (laughs) you know so people were like we could probably give her a job um (laughs) so I went to Boston and did regional theater I did um like a new play in Boston but me being me two birds one stone I'm like if I could finesse an Equinox membership while I'm there and put myself on a personal training regimen like I put my clients on like I had learned like the pitfalls and like you know all of the shit so I needed to like work on it on myself now and I put myself on a pound a week weight loss um and I had the free membership from Equinox and I came back to New York and I worked for them for maybe two more weeks and then I like left and like, <laughs> got my life together fast forward um and then I'm I got on, my life together <laughs> yeah it's just like oh my god uh, there was like a class action lawsuit the personal traders like came together we're like this is some bullshit i was like i don't have time for this this is not a fight i care about i'm gonna go act (laughs) um so literally like yikes um so fast forward i'm i get ncis and overachiever i'm like i want to do my own stunts so you know i got really into like you know learning how to like train like i was like working for marvel little did i know it was like it's (laughs) fucking network tv baby wait 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 wait. (laughs) I, I I really need to get into your head for a second because like, no, like I see like uh, Tom Cruise is like, I got to do all my own stuff. I don't understand the like, I got to do my own stunts. I don't want to like, I don't, if I walk down the stairwell, my brain pictures me crumpled at the bottom. Like it pictures like, what if you miss a step? And so I like quick, I like hold on to the banister even tighter. So the idea of like, yeah, I'm going to do my own stunts is so foreign to me. I really am curious. What, what is the impulse in you? That's like, I got to do my own stunts. It's just like that constant, like risk taker, like, I had this teacher at Juilliard. I nicknamed her Nasty Kate. You know who you are. You know who you are, Kate. You know which one I'm talking about, Nasty. Yeah, we would be in there, girl. She would have any reason to tell us a nasty. I got into Juilliard when I was 17. Like, I showed up in New York 17 years old. Like, like Juilliard and New York, Manhattan, like, raised me. Yes, okay? yes. All you right? came in fresh and yes, delicate. Like and fresh New York human. broke you down. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So, so, Kate. Kate was a revelation, yo. I was like, teachers could talk like this. She taught us 
these nasty phrases, girl. Like, <laughs> um, all right. So first, like, just like a little whatever. Um, and I'm gonna tell you why we talk about her. Just yes, remember. Yes. Um, so. <laughs> So first year, our class, so every year for Juilliard, <clears throat> after at, my class was the first year, that they only took 18. Before, they would take 21 and then cut it down brutally during the second year Christmas party. Oh, you would God. get chopped um, and to at, least, to at least 18. But they would have graduating classes of like 14. You know what I mean? Oh, like, my God. Slaughter, slaughter, slaughter. So um, the Christmas party was mandatory up to like my second year there when all of the teachers were like, oh, yeah, why were we making it mandatory that they came to this lame ass Christmas party now it was like oh right because we like were doling out trauma before so now that we're not doing that um yeah you guys it's optional have a good break um well uh well so each group has their own like personality our group we got the uh the the reputation of being nice and you don't want to be nice at Juilliard child because you're boring you know so they would just be like you guys are too nice you're too nice so one day we're all laying on the floor and a position breathing and Kate's like walking around and she had this short black hair and this like very like strong features you know mm-hmm. lips and jaw and you know everything and like boobs and she would <laughs> wear all black you know she'd wear all black and she'd walk around the room and she'd be like you know you all need to go out and have more sex <laughs> go to museums and eat and have more sex. And I was on the floor like, is she really saying this? <laughs> she could get sued. You can't tell people to have sex in America. Like not in the school system. And we would read, we would read for like diction, the first paragraph of Lolita. Uh, Low, uh, oh the tip God. of her tongue go to the, you know, and we yeah. would be in the mirror like, like the tip of her tongue. <laughs> Low, Dolores in the morning. No. In the, it was like ridiculous. And she would be like, yes, yes, yes. That gives me clipwood. That gives me no, you know, like, clipwood. Oh, nasty Kate. Nasty Kate. Yeah, She'd be like, yes, I want to feel a panty squirt. It'd be like, oh. <laughs> very sage lesson from Kate and it was you are safer when you risk Hmm. so when you have that mentality of like hey I could risk something and the risk could be that I'm gonna end up at the bottom of that balcony like on the floor all jacked up or I could find a cool way to like slide down this rail and actually make it and hang and turn around to the camera and be like, drink this thing. And I'm <laughs> fucking dope. Like, that's what the risk is. The risk is actually being dope. So for me, I'm like, yeah, like, I only get one MF in life, yo. And this is like, listen, I made it. The fact that, like, I got past sixth grade, that was, like, my first, like, like yeah, like, benchmark. Like, I made it. Like, my dad, like, walked into his mom's house in sixth grade and was like, I don't know this school anymore. And she was like, okay. <laughs> so, so, you know, for me, the, 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 the bar is low in life. So I'm just like racking them up as I go. Yeah, like every yeah. day I'm just like, fuck yeah. Like I could end up dope. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You convinced me. I'm going to walk down the stairs <laughs> without using the banister. <laughs> yeah.
Look how free. You done made yeah. him free. Yeah, Shalita, you freed a white man from a shackle. And that's yeah, there beautiful. You go. That's that's amazing. That's the work. Yeah, that's yeah, the that's work. work. That <laughs> is actually the work. Oh, yes. Um but okay, so you were saying like the bar was low kind of growing up, but at the same time you've obviously like you made your own expectations then for yourself, oh, right? Fuck yeah. Yes, definitely. Oh yeah. So <laughs> um I know that people like this is sort of like my cross to bear, which is like it's fucking fine because at the end of the day, like it just means that like I'm super healed and like, you know, like a very resilient person. But like people look at me and they assume a very different history for mm-hmm. me um, than than I have. First of all, they, they question- think you're Cassidy Diamond. <clears throat> they really do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> and it's not, that's not the case um, <laughs> at all. Um, so my parents were teen parents. So my mom was 18. My dad was 17 when they had oh, me. Okay. Um, you know, like my mom. Well, that's what you do when you leave sixth grade, honey. Yeah. That's why yeah. you got to stay dad was like, yeah, doing heroin, like his favorite trick is like putting your fingers in his nose and you can touch each finger. That's how much shit he used to snort. You know what I mean? Like, it's Mm -hmm. just like, ah, you know, it's still alive. (laughs) You know, these cheekbones, like my dad was shot in the face when he was like 24, but it was like these cheekbones I know are like good. So he was at the, you know what I mean? Like he was at the gas station after the club. My cousin, like second cousin was in the backseat. He was the one that introduced my parents. Um, they stopped off at the gas station because the passenger wanted to go get snacks after the club. <clears throat> and my second cousin was sleeping. He slept through the whole thing. This crackhead came up to my dad and was like, give me all your money. And my dad was like, no. And the guy was like, I shoot you. Give me all your money. And I was like, fuck you, no. And the guy shot him. Oh. So he shot him in the face. And he just shattered his cheekbone. The bullet went into his pocket. And my dad was like, you fucking shot me. The guy's gone. And he's like, Johnny, 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 I got shot. And my my cousin Johnny wakes up and he's like, oh, shit, I can't drive. I'm still drunk. So my dad had to drive himself uh, to one eye, you know, and, and he got his shit fixed. But... The doctor, and this is so fucking funny, like my my family, it's like (laughs) gratitude is something that has saved me in life, like (laughs) this attitude of gratitude. But my dad is like, fuck that guy. Like he fucked up my eye. Like it was an emergency surgery, but there's metal um, when he reconstructed his face, the metal... has trapped his eyeball so he he already couldn't see before um and he taught me how to drive Uh, (laughs) p.s he already couldn't see before but this eye is like the eye that he got shot in is like kind of lazy you know Uh so it just sort of you don't know where he's looking you know Mm -hmm. it's just like okay um but yeah like that's like that's my mom went to jail when i was five um and that's how come i ended up in virginia mm. um i was raised nation of islam like i like <laughs> Shalina, yeah God like, damn it. you got like, to slow down yeah, bitch like, you're coming I, up with something new every sentence <laughs> I and know. i cannot like, they just have I, I just i come from people with who've really lived like hard fast mm-hmm. lives you know mm-hmm. and so i my relationship to risk is that like I'm not dead, so you know <laughs> I'm winning. You know what I mean? Like you know I can do what I want. Like I'm not breaking the law, and yeah. you know my version of 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 living fast for the people that I'm around now, like the 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 community that I'm around now, is very different from you know where I came from. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, 
Yeah. That's a, I survived <laughs> my childhood is right. what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Hell when yeah. I ended up in, when I ended up in, uh, in New York, actually even Juilliard was, so I didn't know what Juilliard was. Uh, so when I got to Baltimore, uh, I went to two different elementary, I, I went to two different high schools. I went to six different elementary schools, one middle school. The two high schools were in different states, oh, okay. um, Virginia. And then I, uh, got shipped to Baltimore to live with my dad's family. Um, <clears throat> when I was in high school, the high school that I went to in Virginia was a governor's school. It was an acting school. And I chose to audition because that was the only other high school outside of Petersburg High School. Um, I was living in Petersburg, Virginia. Like that's okay. where most of my mom's side of the family was <clears throat> around that, like the small towns around that. Well, I was already going to Petersburg High School to run track in eighth grade for like a couple of months. <laughs> um, but I was like, I've already seen Petersburg High School, like whatever. So I'm gonna audition for this art school. It's a governor school. And there are people from different like areas that were mm-hmm. going to the school. Well, I had like a relatively rough childhood. And by the time I got to that governor's school, I was at a place where dis- my relationship to disappointment was like, <sighs> I-, I had done so much and like worked so hard as a kid to like, you know, d- keep my grades up. And I was an older, uh, the oldest child. So, and I had two younger siblings that I lived with when I was with my mom's family. Um, but I'm the oldest of nine kids, like my, between the two parents, between the two parents. Uh Yeah. But I'm the only one between them. So, so, so by the time I got to high school, that high school, I had put so much stock into like, this is going to save me somehow. And I didn't really know what that meant, but it was such a disappointment. Mm -hmm. Um, so I just started like cutting school and like I dated this drug dealer and then my mom found out and was like, you have to like leave Virginia. Mm. So I move up to Baltimore and my dad lied to my mom and he told my mom that he had got me into Baltimore School of the Arts. Little did she know, he had (laughs) never even called them. And I was like too old to even get into their program. (laughs) So when I got, I got X-rolled out of uh, the governor's school in Virginia in the middle of 10th grade, like right before Christmas. So I get to uh, Baltimore and I'm living with my dad and my stepmom and they're uh, like, she had two kids and he had two, he had three other kids, but two kids that were living there mm-hmm. at the same time. So it was five of us. And I like, I look up and it's like the end of January and I have like a schedule that's like, I wake up and I get the kids ready for school and I walk them to school and I go to the grocery store and like buy groceries for dinner and I watch Maury and you know, a couple of other <laughs> shows right. Right. and then I go and I pick up the kids and yeah. I'm the Run fucking the nanny. Right. I'm the fucking nanny. And I'm like, why am I taking kids to school when I should be going to school? And so I launched this campaign because it had to be a campaign for my dad to like 
Mm. like do it it was Mm. like hey when am I gonna go to school hey when are you gonna hey 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 so finally he just like we wake up one day he's like all right get in the car so we get in the car (laughs) and and we we just show up at Baltimore School for the Arts we just show up no appointment and you know my dad's like kind of looking rough around the edges a little (laughs) bit but he smells good you know like that you know thing (laughs) um and he's like uh can I talk to somebody you know in the drama department you know and so they're like, uh, security and also Donald Hicken. So Donald, who was the, the head of the program at the time, he comes downstairs and brings us aside. And my dad's like talking and I'm like, oh my God, he's going to fuck this up. So I go, listen, I have extenuating circumstances. I'm coming from a different state. So I was, we, we didn't know, like I didn't have an opportunity to audition for you, but mm-hmm. I was in a governor's school and like I could audition, I could do monologues right now. And he was like, no, but come back. Uh, Cause we're in the middle of a day. I'm not going to like, this isn't like do or die. Right, this is like not um, a movie. Like you yes, want it to be a movie yes, where you yes, like stop and just you know. audition. Yeah. Yes, exactly. It was like, no, this is real yeah. life. Is and this yeah. a dagger before me? Yes. No, no, it's not. Um, so, so I auditioned. And I ended up getting in. Well, in the my senior year. But wait, what I year was it. that then? So that was mid, right? So you said middle that sophomore was, year. That was January. Like maybe, you roll up. There was like February, maybe February, and I get to go to school by you start the end then. of February. Oh, okay. Yeah, by so the end of February. In. Yeah, okay. yeah. So I start. I like ended up going and like yeah. yeah. So my senior year there, um, so it's Baltimore. So a lot of the kids are caught up in drug shit, like, and gang shit. Like, it, it is what it is. And it's a public school that you audition to. So mm. a lot of kids in inner city have fucking talent. Like, talent doesn't, isn't right. a class thing. Right. So um, it isn't, like, a foregone conclusion that everyone's going to go to school, going to go mm-hmm. to college. So I had this acting teacher, like, do you think you want to go to college? And I was like, uh, maybe, yeah. And he was like, uh, you should audition at Juilliard. And I was like, what's that? And he was like, it's a good school. You should audition. <laughs> so I audition and, you know, I get in. Well, by the time I got to Juilliard, you know, I had been living a right. life. Right. You know? <laughs> Well, that's why you were better. And that's why you're the first one with a job. Okay. Yeah, that's what I'm going like, to say right you now. You got to fucking work, you know, like uh, no one's taking care of me. So, but I got so lonely in the beginning of that first year because I remember orientation was so cool. Like I was hanging out with people my age and like, it was like really awesome. Like, like being in Manhattan in New York. Mm. And then we all like go to our separate corners and like have to like get intense shit done. And so I rediscovered like the church and Jesus. And I was going to World Changers Church. Creflo Dollar. There's a pastor. Yes, Creflo. Yes, Creflo and Tappy. Creflo and Tappy. Oh, my God. So Madison Square Gardens Theater, like Saturday night church. Like I was like, I would go. Did you guys go? I never went to his. But like, you know, he always had his ads. I love his subway ads. His ads. And then like his show, like late night, he would be like on him and Taffy would be on late night talking about abundance. And I was like, okay. Yes, yes, yes. 
So that was horrible, actually. Um, <laughs> wouldn't recommend it. Um, and then I started going to this other church, and I got it in my head that I might get into full-time ministry. So between my, like, junior year and senior year at Juilliard, third and fourth year, no one says junior, senior, I do. Uh, <laughs> Conservatory, between, honey. Third yes, and fourth year. Third and fourth, yes, yes, yes. Between third and fourth year, I did an internship for summer. Uh, I did a summer internship for full-time ministry at the church that I, yeah, the church oh that I chose, um, World Changers Church. That was, Pearl Changers? Was it World Changers? Or is that Creflo Dollar's church? Where's it located? Where's the one you chose? It's, the one I chose was on like 50th and 9th. And they had oh. like. That's what I'm trying to think. Oh. Great restaurant area. I know. Elevation, yeah, right? Right? yeah, it was, it was. You go, to, oh. you go to services, then you go get a brunch. <laughs> some Thai food. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Well, well, I was proselytizing on the street. I would go into the the 50th and 51st and 52nd. Like there's a park between 9th and 8th and 9th. Yes, yes. I know that park. Yes. Yes. yes, I would. You would find me and all my church members like <gasps> happy to talk to you about the Lord. What? And like, get you saved. Yes, I was one of those people. And then oh uh, by the time I got to my senior year, my fourth year at Juilliard, um, I had stopped hearing the voice of the Lord. Um, so oh. the call wasn't as strong anymore. And then, you know, It was not coming from whole... inside the house anymore. Exactly. The call was no longer coming. <laughs> yeah. No, it wasn't. No, it wasn't. Yeah. So, so Juilliard, like, I, I just, I've, I've just been on this whole, like, journey of just, like, mm-hmm. finding community and, like, you know, making a space in in the world, you know, for myself, you know, with my set of circumstances and, yeah. you know. So we're going to answer some people's relationship questions. Oh, I love that. And, and I was like thinking wait, like. Wait, before. I wanted to ask about her like li- risk and love. Wanted- and love, yes. Yeah. I want to know, but I want one question before that. Okay, because fine. It'll, because <laughs> this will take us into. Okay, okay. One question. Okay, I, I want to know that. the shift from Nation of Islam oh, to. Yes into christianity because that seems okay. like a pretty dramatic shift honestly me. that's really good listening that's very smart yeah yes, Shalita, yeah please. so <laughs> so my mom's side of the family uh are all like i broke the generational curse of uh having kids young so my mom was 18 her mom was 15 16 mm-hmm. and my great great grandmother was 13 when she first started having kids Ooh, yeah Ooh, and and so and so my great great grandmother died when i was in the ninth when i was four wow when i was in the no 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 when i was in the fourth grade i was nine years old yeah <laughs> yeah those. but i'm saying so wow <laughs> that you knew your great great grandmother i'm like i didn't know her though because she was a bitch yo grandma <laughs> <laughs> grandma virginia was a bitch she was a bitch um so but she was a bootlegger in her day so her funeral was the craziest fucking funeral um half of the church was like the family you know mm-hmm. and the other half were all the drunks that were still like even though prohibition was over by that time right. duh, they would still go to her house for the bootleg you know the the discount yeah. on the lane and, and you yeah. know the party you know whatever yeah the moonshine all yeah, that. yeah 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 so 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 my great grandfather my grandmother's father Grandpa Naji, he died when I was 12. Um, he became Nation of Islam. He's the one that brought Nation of Islam. And but racially, my great grand my great grandparents, both of them are both mixed. They're uh my 
great grandfather's father was white and his wife was black and my grandmother it was the same great grandmother it was the same thing so being mixed in the nation of islam like you you look like the enemy so mm, you know huh. you get more blowback you know what i mean like in the in the for for his experience and yeah. my my grandmother's experience in the mosque was was that my grandmother was married five times um love to see twice it. twice to the same man and he was nation she met him from nation of islam like her father introduced him mm-hmm. to to her so when they divorced that side of the family is still culturally nation of islam like don't eat pork like mm-hmm. you know like they're culturally still nation of islam but my grandmother came to jesus when i was like six or seven years old mm-hmm. so she came to get us so my when my mom got locked up uh i was five years old and for me the memory was like just being in this apartment with my younger brother and sister and like no mom and uh like the neighbor who was also like 21 like I was raised by kids right but wait you were so like your mama left and then it was you and the two kids yeah until your grandma came in jail until my grandma came yeah wait but they didn't even say like put these children in the system like nobody even like got nobody nobody did there was no yeah there was Mm -hmm. no no to be a brown child in america Mm -hmm. yeah in baltimore city right and they were like all right yeah like so the neighbor came and like would you know bathe us or whatever and then my grandma came and picked us up so you know she was living her life i remember coming to Virginia and you know she was throwing house parties and everything <laughs> but eventually she gave her life to Jesus uh uh-huh. I, I think some things transpired and she was like oh, maybe Christianity I need some some higher power again and yeah she became a Christian so the religion my mom didn't give her life to Jesus until I was about 12 years old mm-hmm. and then she became like a Jesus freak um but by the time I was 12 I didn't really believe in anything you know Mm. what I mean like I just sort of you know would go to church with my mom or whatever that was a whole other so she was out by the time you were 12 so then like yeah yeah yeah. she did two years okay so you were able to pick up a relationship again it wasn't like you were like hi who did (laughs) yeah my mom my mom is a very interesting woman she (laughs) uh came out of jail when I first saw her um we were in Virginia. Uh, my grandma opens the door. It's like, you know, your mom's, your mom's here. It opens the door and it was her and this other man. And it was the uh, CO from oh, the jail. Oh, my Lord. Yeah. She, did, she got with him? Yeah, 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 yeah. That didn't end well at all. Well, uh, but yeah, well, like my you're mom. You're kidding. You're kidding. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, she's, she's an interesting person. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. So like. So now what I, but wait, okay, so you were like, I didn't believe anything at all, but then you started to kind of find it again. When I got, got to, to Juilliard yeah. and I got super lonely, I was like, well, where do you find community? Uh-huh. And I was like, church. And that's why it was World Changers as Creflo Dollars Church. Uh-huh. Uh, it was C- World Changers that I was like, uh, this is actually not getting me what I wanted. Right. Like there it's was like no big. community. Yeah. yeah. It was like just Saturday night church. There were no like breakout groups or anything like that. So. Yeah. Okay. So now like. So, yeah, going back to what I was saying kind of about, like, you know, being this person where it's like, you know, you've really had to take care of yourself. You yeah. learn pretty early on that, like, f- family doesn't necessarily mean, like, security, you yeah. know? And also you got to take care of you. You yeah. know, how did that affect 
how did that affect your yeah, relationships Ooh, and your ability child. to let people in? So, so the thing about me is that I've always been sensitive. I've mm-hmm. always been sensitive. And that was one of the biggest complaints about me and my family, that I was too sensitive. <gasps> me I, too! Yep, yep. <sighs> it was a big criticism. I get it, I get it. Big criticism. And actually, that's my superpower. And I've come to a place where hmm, I appreciate that about myself now mm-hmm. because I know that it was me being able to listen to my gut and my relationship to my feelings and like vulnerability that helped me navigate safely through the world because mm-hmm. I I have taken a lot of stupid risks you know and I came out okay mm-hmm. but a lot of that was you know me having an awareness like knowing how to like t- comport myself in the world and not draw too much attention to myself but also like, you know, pay attention to what's going on around me. Mm-hmm. So, so, so that's been great. But in terms of like relationships, how my past affected me was the, the first like kind of toxic thing that I like recognized about myself that was in the way of me having close relationships was that I thought, especially like 17, 18, 19, like just getting out of, you know, the life that mm-hmm. I was in that the thing that makes people close is sharing trauma because mm. I also grew up in a hair salon. My, my grandma's owned a hair salon since before I was born. Like I was going to ask you how you was looking so healthy in quarantine, yeah. but now I see oh, it's yeah. in the blood. Well, Cause honey, well, you pass. <laughs> well, actually I developed my own product. Uh, um, it, if you that. look at, uh, <laughs> go to four naturals okay, um, but yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah. Give Naomi some so, tips. <laughs> We'll get this after. Yes, we'll get this off night. We'll get this off night. Yes, yes, yes. Um, but uh, but what I learned from the hair salon was like that's where you like gossip and like like that's how you build relationships. In my mind, like that's what I thought. But everyone doesn't come from where I come from. So when I got to New York and my classmates were all of a different socioeconomic status, like they just we just came from different worlds. So it was hard to make connections because for some people I was too intense for some people I was rude because I had a way of just like being like no I don't want to do that yeah direct and I just thought we were talking about this we've been talking about real talk lately yeah Yeah. especially like white people versus black people and like just like the cultural and white people don't get they get very defensive very afraid Woo! yes honey I had Oh yeah, I a lot of bumping heads my first year with white girls actually, mm-hmm. and that like fragility yes. that they throw on, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. that oh, yeah. is weaponized. Yes, always. Um, you know, so yeah, that was tough. Um, but but that was also like where I came from. Mm-hmm. Like you know, I thought that that built connection and it didn't. The other thing that was in my way was my co- like codependency, like. I have addicts in my family, but I didn't get that. I got the codependency. So it was challenging to learn like appropriate boundaries Mm -hmm. for, you know, because I wanted connections so bad with people all the time that, you know, I just would go out of my way to like do shit, you know, and it was like totally inappropriate in (laughs) hindsight, Um, you know, but recently um, 2019 was so 2018 December I went to Thailand for a month and I like 
in Thailand, it was, it's illegal. It was in 2018 to smoke weed in Thailand. So I was like, okay, no weed for a month. Like, I'm just going to go. Cause I had just left like NCIS and that was such a, a, a terrible experience that mm. started so high. Yeah. Like I had such high hopes and then it just degraded into this like terrible traumatic like disfiguring like oh, i had ball man. spots this oh, front God. part of my hair was down to this in 2017 what were they doing your hair on set and it was a white who didn't know what to do no it was you? a no it was a black man who didn't know what a he man. was doing and also white people in charge right of course and they white and, yeah. and a white aesthetic that was not possible and there was no care for the actual black person and the hair that was on my head so it was like her hair be damned there's no value in her black hair there's value in making this light-skinned woman look potentially like as light as possible yeah and and, yeah like uh uh, palatably black as possible Mm -hmm. and so yeah i suffered uh because of that but this was uh 2017 my fucking hair yo this was like the look on my hair on my face was so I was threatening baldness. So, you know, the beginning oh. of season four, yeah. the beginning of season four, I had this like helmet head wig situation going on and I was getting clowned so hard. And I was like, I don't give a fuck because no one knows my situation. Um, I that that picture I took was the hiatus between three and four. So when I had taken the wig down off of my head and finally was able to assess because I was going to go get it professionally like done yeah i had assessed the damage that had happened because this was january so by june it had broken all the way up to here so for me it was like it's either you keep trying to appease these people or you just fucking take care of yourself and you survive. Right. So I was like, while I was in New York, I got a full lace wig. Mm-hmm. And I was like, we're going to attach this shit, however. But it's not going to be damaging to my hair. So it was got to be glued down. Mm-hmm. And it was like, I'm waiting till my fucking hair grows back. Right. And I have to take this L of looking fucking insane. And people being like, what the fuck? You know, whatever. Like online, you mean? Like random yeah, stuff? Yeah, 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 yeah. And people also, and also like people at work and it was like Ew. you guys yeah you guys are you made this happen you made like, me it this was way like, yeah like, you created no, me yeah no responsibility yeah so by the time i got to like i ended up quitting and like march you know got out and got back to la and i was on this holding deal for uh like three months and when i got off i immediately started working and then i ended up shooting search party Mm -hmm. uh by the end of that year i'd done santa clarita diet before that like in between so 2018 december i was like all right because i had gone through trauma therapy in that three months i was like i will not carry this Mm -hmm. because this everything that happened to me you know that came this way came from specific individuals and systems that I have to now be aware of, but I'm not going to assume that lens on every fucking set. So I want to just get at and confront as much of this now as I can so that I can at least function on the next sets that I work on. But it has been a constant, you know, undoing, unpacking 
But uh, 2018 December, I was like, no weed. I'm going to fucking like face shit, think about shit. Like what is what is making me happy and what relationships are causing me pain. Mm -hmm. And when I came back in 2019, I was like, all right, I changed, you know, business stuff. I and I addressed like all of my empty L.A. friendships that I had Mm -hmm. developed in the couple of, you know, months before Mm -hmm. I was throwing a party a month in 2018 when I came back. Yep, a party a month. It would be like a dinner salon. It would be a, you know, game night. It would be, but it would be like hosting every Mm -hmm. month, you know, because I wanted to build community in LA. And by the time I got to 2019, like by the end of January, I was like, yeah, no, like I really don't have a real relationship with anybody in LA. Mm. Like I have to just own yes. that shit, you know? Yes, I went through that journey as well with Los Angeles. It's been the set. Yes, you know, I think especially too, again, coming from, as you said, growing up in a place where like, real talk but then also new york you know yeah. and i do think there is some yes. like like actors you kind of go either way on one hand it'll be like some of your fake but then the other hand it's like you're my sister i've known my whole life and exactly. i'm gonna tell you everything yeah. and like so you know people really well and then i think new york because it is such a cut the bullshit kind of place yeah yep. you're you like know new people. york like when someone says how are you doing you're like ah terrible like not i don't yeah. know i'm <laughs> anxious i'm terrible and i found that like saying that out here people are t- like they they like are taken aback for a second they're like <laughs> Just say I'm fine, right? And, and yes. go on. This is not a real. We're, we're, this is not a real relationship. I'm, I'm yeah. You know, and it's I'm like, like uh, it was. It's very. It's still jarring. We're, we've right. been here for like right. a, almost four years, and I'm still like. Well, also what we were saying for too. those people, and it turns out most of those people were are from the East Coast, right? The New York people who live here, yeah. right, right. Yeah. yeah. Or also just when you meet people where you're like, well, you were saying this too, like yesterday, where it's like you would see people and be like, we should hang out, obviously in the before times, and people being like, yeah, and then you would try to follow up, and it's like, no, and it's like, oh, yeah. by we should hang out, what you meant was good to see you was yeah. I'm ending this conversation. Right. Yeah. I don't know how to get out of the Which conversation. Is, by the way, end it. I'm fine. Yes. Yeah. Yes. If you're not my good friend and this is lasting more than five minutes, I'm really anxious about how it's going to continue anyway. <laughs> so just yes. end it. Yes. Let I'm me sitting, go. Yeah. Yes. But it's yes. like, it's so I funny. am. I am Moses. Any <laughs> okay. conversation. Okay. Now you're Moses. No. Any conversation that's that where you're not my good friend and it's lasting more than five minutes. I am Moses. You are the Pharaoh. Let me go. Let yes. me and my people go. I see. Yes. I see. I see. Let my people go. I respect the journey. I feel. Yes. I mean, I just, it's just like really just interesting. I mean, and I think I found a couple people and especially certainly in this last year, you know, quarantine where I'm like, okay, when I think about who I actually want to text. Right. And I'm like, right. okay, there are people in LA that I want to text, which means yeah. like yeah. they are friends, Yeah. you know, but at the same time I was like, oh yeah, this is just like a different it's just a different vibe in the way you like, yeah, connect to people. But anyway, I like totally interrupt you. But yes, that feeling where you're like, all right, these are not like my real. So yes, Sorry you got all. rid of these. You got rid of these fake friendships. Yeah, you cut it yeah. off. Was that yeah. that include romantic relationships too? Like, ones I mean, that were like, yeah, like it just like by the end of 2019, my house had been cleared. Oh, okay. And so by the time I got to 2020, it was like, wow, like I feel better. And also I have to, I'm grateful for all of those experiences because without them, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't have different karma. So yeah. there, there was this like meme that I saw that was like, sometimes karma isn't about like payback for like bad behavior. Sometimes you receive challenging karma because you didn't know when and how to stop being good. 
And so mm. that was my thing was that I was such a giving, like, ha, ah, like, you know, yeah, community, yeah, like, anything you need, yeah, let me, let me, whatever. And so when you have that energy and you don't have boundaries, mm-hmm. you attract people who don't have boundaries for taking. Yes. And so I would get into these cycles where things, I would have the best hopes and then they would just degrade. And and romantically too, like I would look back at my, you know, significant romantic relationships and I could tell when the sex was gone, when the, you know, I was a girl who ignored red flags. Mm. I, mm-hmm. my whole thing was because I came from such flawed people. So it was like my threshold for bullshit yes, was actually high higher than it. Yep. Yeah. So it was like shit that I didn't, like, I was like, ah, it's okay. Like, you know, that's not that bad. But then eventually the same outcome would happen. And I could tell that it was going to happen. And I would do all of these things to try to stop the momentum. But it was like, no. Instead of picking people who you could potentially help to do this, that thing, and the other, why not get with people who have already achieved what they have just like you? Yeah. Yep. Yep. You know? Yeah. What if and your love was not a project? Yeah. 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 What if your friendships were not with people that, you know, you felt whenever you got an invite to a party that you were just another one? You know what I mean? Like, oh, come now. I really want you to be there. And then you're like, oh, right. You for the numbers. So, the, you know. The feathering, so it looks nice. You know, this party looks like a success, but I really don't have a fucking clue why I'm here. Uh, really, genuinely, because, you know, too real for this shit. Um, but yeah, like, can my friendships be based on just like, hey, I'm genuinely curious about this person. Mm-hmm. Like, a gen- does, you know, and not like, oh, you know, we have like, I like this, the way that they make me feel, like they make me feel like I'm super funny and fun to be around. But do I think they're funny and fun to be around? <laughs> right, right. Because that's insecurity. Like, honestly, my a lot of my codependent bullshit in relationships was because I didn't value myself enough. Mm-hmm. I was devaluing myself because, you know, again, like my lens for the world looks very different from what people project on to me, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, I, uh, you know, I just, my, I actually lost my train of thought. It's okay. <laughs> you were devaluing yourself in right? relationships. Insecurity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, yeah. Like my lens is different. So my <laughs> value of myself is was not as high as people assumed just by looking at me, you know? Mm-hmm. So so my value was in how much I could do for people. Right. You know, yes, like, yes. so so I just was working for love all the time. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, like, that was a lot of my undoing. But the reason I felt like I had to work was because I wasn't secure in my value. Just being, right. Yeah, just being. Yeah. So I needed to hear, like, oh, yeah, you know, and watch people, like, oh, yeah, they feel really good 
good. They feel good. Then I'm making them feel good. Okay. I'm making them feel good. And so my value was off of uh, how I could make someone else feel instead mm-hmm. of being like, bitch, you're funny. I crack up all the time alone. Like my favorite <laughs> times are by myself. I'm fucking weird. I love that shit now. Like, it's hugely entertaining and so, so, so comforting, especially in a time where you have to spend so much time alone. It's like, yeah. right. Um, but, but do I feel the same way right. about people? And for the most part, I don't. Like, I just like, yeah. Oh, and that's God. okay. It and that's okay. So good. And that's okay. okay. It's and okay. And that's okay. Hey, do you did you guys see that reel recently of that girl who's like I think she's from she's from somewhere she's like oh you weren't you you're sorry that you had to cancel I wasn't going anyway <laughs> like that's how I feel now it's like yeah, yeah. whatever it's fine right right <laughs> oh, oh god Shalita's really feeding my soul right yes, now I was gonna say your energy is intoxicating <laughs> I mean it's like it's feeding my soul I love it. <laughs> Y'all, just bask in this. We're going to take a quick break and come back and answer a couple relationship questions. Okay. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, y'all, wanted to pop in real quick and let you know that if you like what you hear and you want to support the show, there are a couple different ways. Most of our support comes from our wonderful Patreon community. For $5 a month, you get two bonus episodes of just us mostly spilling the tea mm-hmm. and occasionally searching for crazy bread in Los Angeles, plus lots of other bonus content. We love our page pals, and we couldn't do this without you. And if you want to join, go to patreon.com slash couples therapy pod. We also have merch, which includes Gotta Miss a Bitch and Jubu t-shirts, yeah. which you can find in the link tree in our Twitter or Insta bios. And for absolutely zero dollars, you can rate and review the show on Apple. Five stars, please. It'll only take 10 seconds and it helps us tremendously. Okay, that's it. We love you deeply. Now back to the show. Shalita Grant, honey. Now you have given us a lot. You have yes. given us your soul. Are you ready to help some people handle their scandal? <laughs> yes, I am. <laughs> yes. Gorgeous. So 
Do you want to say your spiel? Because I was going to say it for you. Say it. Naomi. Well, honey, we get contacted. You can write us. We get DMs on Twitter, DMs on Instagram, emails at couplestherapypod at gmail.com. But our favorites, of course, are the voicemails. I want to hear that crackle in your throat. I want to know where you're at. So as always, you can call us at 323-524-7839. And we will put out your question and answer it with our illustrious guest. Yes. So this first one voicemail hi andy and naomi so exciting to talk to you via voicemail thank you for your amazing podcast i love it so much i listen to it all the time um and i've gotten so much advice from it so my advice question that i wanted to ask you guys was my mom uh talked for a really long time on the phone i just got off the phone with her uh, and it was a three-hour-long call, which is great. I love talking to her, and I love her, you know, so much. I'm so grateful to have her, too. Um, so I always go back and forth with how can I get her to understand that I still love her and I miss her. Mm -hmm. We live far away. I want to talk to her, um, but I just can't. I don't have it in me to spend three hours on the phone. Um, the shortest amount of time that I can get her off the phone will be, like, maybe half an hour, 30 minutes, you know, but then I I feel really guilty because I have to kind of stop short and say, okay, like time for us to go. And, you know, it seems like her feelings are hurt. And so, I don't know, I always trust you guys with all the advice you give. Every time I Google this kind of thing online, the answers I get are like, oh, well, it must be a horrible type of person who doesn't want to talk to their own parents, like oh. no matter how long the parents want to talk, which is all well and good. I, I get that too. I'm really grateful to my mom, you know, for everything that she always does for me all the time. She wants to share, you know, so... Anyway, what do you guys think? Like, should I just kind of take the three hours or 30 minutes, take these long conversations and just kind of swallow it and say, my mom, you know, I'm grateful for her. Or is there like anything I can say to get her to realize maybe to shorten up the calls? So thank you guys so much. I really appreciate you. And stay strong. Woohoo! <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got some thoughts, but I want Shalita... As our as our illustrious guest, right, right. If you have, a, let's 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 throw to you first. Okay, so <laughs> long winded mom. <laughs> okay, so I actually dealt with this too, but my circumstances were different because we have different moms and we have different relationships with our mom. Clearly, from this. Call. <laughs> So, my mom had, a, by 21, we were, like, talking again. We were, like, on and off again. So, you came to the right place. I hold motherhood on no pedestal. Um, <laughs> mothers are people. Um, yes. You know, they, they're complicated people. And you are not meant to be a child for 30 years. You yes. know what I mean? Yes. So, like, you, there has to come a time where you transition as a child into a friend because your parent like it sounds like you enjoy your mom like you would a friend like and, and that you guys are friendly so you know there are aspects of your relationship that now have to get addressed that were never addressed before because you came into the world as her child yeah. so there was no like talking at three years old about boundaries and <laughs> you know what i mean in conversation uh you know and like time and things like that so there it's it's okay and it's necessary to reevaluate and renegotiate the terms of your relationship and with that you also have to 
address the habit of taking on your mother's feelings as your own. Because I heard you say, you know, I don't want to make her feel bad. I don't want to hurt her feelings. But you wouldn't take on that responsibility with any other human being. I would hope not, you know, unless, you know, Jesus, your nights alone <laughs> probably full of anxiety. <laughs> um, but but if, 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 if you were to have that boundary that your mother is her own person, which is true, she is her own person, and that you are your own person, you have to give your mother the space to deal with her feelings. And she mm-hmm. might not be as fragile as you think she is. Yeah. You know? And I think that if you really want to have a really good relationship with your mom, having a conversation about, hey, mom, I really love talking to you. And <laughs> I need to put some time limits on some of our conversations, you know, like dropping in and calling me and talking and expecting to talk for longer than 10, 15 minutes doesn't really work with my schedule. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But if we could set a time, you know, that works for both of whatever it is, you know, Saturday, Sunday, Friday night, who cares? But you set that that boundary of like, hey, you know, I kind of need to to do this. Is this okay? Does that work for you? Mm-hmm. And let your mom be an adult because she's been an adult longer than you've been alive, dude. So like, let her handle the feelings that my baby's growing up yeah. and <laughs> let her like deal with that shit. But that's not your row to hoe. Yeah. Your row is, you know, towing that line of respect and also like, this is where I'm at. And I come from people who, if you tell them something they don't expect, they take that as disrespect. And that's, mm. that's, that's toxic. Uh-huh. Yes, <laughs> and yes. that's, that's also not yours at all. <laughs> so if mommy needs to be on ice for a minute, you could look at the gratitude that look at all this time that I have to do all of the things that I need to do while mommy gets through her feet, her hard right. feelings. Right. You know what I mean? And if she's calling you for three hours at a time, how long could she possibly hold a grudge for? Who else is she talking to this long? You know, so she'll call you back. She'll call you back. You're her daughter and she likes you. So, yeah. you know, you'll, you'll work it out. But yeah, that needs to happen. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't add because my, I was going to, zero in on the guilt thing but also uh that's the stuff that neither of I, you and i have done with our parents we don't we have not oh set we have not ba- set the boundaries we have not set boundaries well, well, so, I, I, w- so i was like uh why don't you just uh, t- uh always say uh always set a call for uh when you have uh something else to do like a half hour later <laughs> so like yeah why don't you just avoid but i'm just like no do what Shalita said <laughs> Yeah, mom. Yeah. And wouldn't it make the relationship the other way so much better for you to not be like walking on eggshells emotionally like all the time? Like it's like I genuinely I'm here, mom, because I like you now because of the boundaries that we've set. It's now given me space to see you as this really cool older person in my life that I genuinely enjoy spending time with who makes me dope ass food that I love. And we, you know what I mean? Like yeah, then yeah, the relationship yeah. is, a, is there's more equality, you know? Well, I think, but that too is like so much of what, you know, and we were like, I'm always thinking about and dealing with and recognizing in my own relationship of like, you know, I think my mother struggles with me as an adult, yes. as an adult that's separate from her. Parents. Yeah. And as an adult who um, doesn't maybe make the choices she would make, like she kind of can't let it like, you know, I am her child. Right. And that same thing, kind of what you're saying about like, 
you know, because I was also thinking about the guilt too, you know, and people who, because I, I fully understand. And like people who were this like, well, that's your mama. You got to do what she want. You know what I mean? Or like, you know, I definitely grew up in a children are to be seen, but not heard. Yep. Uh, res- they're your elders, so respect them, even if they're like a dumb, Wrong. drunk asshole. Yeah, you know what I mean? yeah. But they, grew- but they the adult, so you can't yep. say shit. So it's like you just like. So I grew up with that, and I think my mom too was like, "I'm your mother." Like I still can't really cu- curse around her. I yep. can't really like certain things where it's like, even though it's like I'm literally close to forty, and she will not. <laughs> she will not. You know, and it's like. And so uh-huh. that's why I'm like, you got like, so what you're saying, I'm like, yeah, you got to do those boundaries. And I was, and I agree with you too. I'm like, any mom you're talking three hours with, like, she likes you. And I yeah. feel like she could probably take it better than you think. Yeah. Especially because I'm like, also, if anyone's talking to you for three hours in quarantine, it's like, they just telling you what they ate and yeah, telling you what they're about to yo. cook. It's like, nah, it's not, yeah. <laughs> it's not like you were like getting into it. So it's very yeah. much like, my. Let me describe the light as it moves across the floor. <laughs> the well, Dad and yes. I went to Home Depot and you wouldn't yeah. believe. And it's like, you can literally be like, my, let's pause this and we'll pick it up on Saturday. Like, it's yeah. like that kind of stuff. And I think it's so true. I think like you can also always, again, I, not knowing mom and like kind of, not knowing that dynamic, but I feel like it's always like, it's also in how you word shit. Like it's, yes. difference between, like, it's a difference between like, <sighs> okay, mom, I've got to go, you know, like out of exactly. nowhere and just being like, Hey ma, um, I got 30 minutes. So if you got a good story, put it up front yes. and just like, you know, you can kind of like play with it so that it doesn't feel like I, I, that feels like, by the way, the managing of that is <laughs> the same. feels like the same managing of like you, and white women. Well, I must manage them. They're delicate. Right. But that's what I'm saying. But like, it feels like that's a skill <laughs> gained from private school, from private school. Or well, I from, think that's why I do comedy. Juilliard. I think that's like why I do. I'm like, I'm like, I do comedy because it's like literally all I learned to do was diffuse tension mm-hmm. and like make people like me. Like that's like, those were the skills I had. So right. it was like, mm-hmm. I, totally. And I mean, definitely. I mean, I can't, I cannot imagine Baltimore with dad to Juilliard because yeah. Juilliard. Were there other, I mean, so you were only 18 of y'all in your, like, year. Mm-hmm. How, how many other, like, black women? So, funny. We had, our group had a bunch of, like, doubles and, like, other kind of connections. Okay. So, my year, me and my best friend from high school, like, I, this girl that mm-hmm. I became best friends with at Baltimore School for the Arts, we both got in. Shayna. <gasps> Oh, yep. that's, I and she love was also it. black. Yep. So me and Shayna got in. Samira Wiley, who you all oh, yeah, yeah, probably yeah. know, she yeah. was the third black girl. And then this is a um, beautiful year. This is a year of queens. <laughs> and then there was um, this white girl, Amelia Pedlo, who I knew from um, this like pro, like a young arts uh, like a, it was like a scholarship kind of program, program. Like um but her and her boyfriend who she met at carnegie mellon like a summer camp and they were like dating all through like high school he's from sarasota florida he got in too and his and another guy from his high school charlie barnett who you may recognize his face he also got in so there and the three of them actually all met at that same Carnegie Mellon oh, uh, wow. so we all like there oh were my God. all of these Such connections yeah but um but 
there were three black girls and one black guy. Mm-hmm. And then there was one, uh, one Indian girl, one Indian guy. And that was, oh, and one Cuban dude. And that this was is more the diverse diversity. than I was expecting for 18 people, though. Yeah. Out of 18 this is a people. CW show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a very CW. You guys could have been sexy vampires. Yeah, we could have been. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone, so the thing, too, is that you can audition to Juilliard up to three times. Um, or maybe it's unlimited now. Who knows? They've changed so many things. But, um, and you don't, you could get in at any age. So the okay. oldest person in the program was like this uh, first year, my second year, uh, he was a first year and he was like 36 or something like that. He was a Chicago theater actor, who, oh, okay. you know, and yeah. was like, you know, revamping his career to start yeah. doing TV and stuff. Oh, that's cool. And that man is yeah. Michael Shannon. <laughs> no. <laughs> that man is Michael Shannon. I um, This next one comes to us from Instagram direct message from Anonymous or from, well, they signed it. You'll hear what the, yeah, how they yeah. signed off. But you know I love when it's anonymous because it means it might be juicy. Yeah. They might have something mm. to hide. Oh, girl, it might be about sex. Nasty Kate. Nasty Kate. Kate, nasty Kate. Kiss me, nasty Kate. <laughs> hey, y'all. Long time <laughs> listener, first time caller. I don't know how to start, but uh, here it goes. Uh, and then parentheses, it says all that reference. Which uh, I was too old for. Oh, the TV show All That. Yes. Uh-huh, for all I that. I remember it. This is all that. that. Uh, my ex-boyfriend broke up with me twice on Christmas. Once what? back in 2018 and then after getting back together again this year. Of he all the broke. fucking years. Now I'm in that shitty limbo phase of just pure pain. Feeling stupid, hating him, missing him, casting spells on him when I masturbate. Dot, dot, dot. Casual, Casual stuff. stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like she's a teal swan listener. Go <laughs> Honestly, he's a really depressed human and the relationship was pretty bad for a while. I feel like I should be grateful and liberated and freed him from toxicity, but instead I feel exhausted and empty. We were together three plus years, have a dog together and live together. Oh, the dog. Here's the question. How do I begin to get my groove back? What happens when we step out of a toxic relationship and we just want to crawl right back to it? How do I let myself be free? Peace, love, and understanding. And then it's signed, Ratchet Hallmark Christmas Movie. (laughs) I love this person so much. Um, And also, I feel like, Shalita, we don't even plan the questions, obviously, with our guests. We don't know much, but I feel like you're the perfect guest for this question. Getting out of toxicity. Yes, I am. Oh my goodness, so glad you asked. Um, <laughs> girl, you gonna love this shit, uh, Instagram DM listener, you ratchet Hallmark movie girl. <laughs> you gonna love this shit I'm about to say, girl. I'm so excited to tell you about it, chair. <laughs> you know what you would probably benefit from? <laughs> A shamanic practice called soul retrieval. What? So, I'm going to bastardize this strictly for the purposes of the DMR. So the the concept of soul retrieval is that you have all of this pain, maybe associated with people, places, things, whatever, traumatic events, and there is the idea that these traumas like take something from us so 
we all feel that intrinsically and we like we uh we demonstrate a, a an understanding of that feeling when we say things like i feel empty you know that took a lot out of me you know there is that feeling of an energetic yeah, you know depletion, depletion that yeah. happens with these events and a lot of times you get caught up in the same cycle and some people you know they do a, a, a version of surrogacy so if you had a really fucked up relationship with a parent you may find surrogates of your mom and that's the reason they are a surrogate is because while they're not your mom they have a lot of the same uh dynamic the the relationship dynamic is the same you know if your mom uh just like the caller before like let's make the mom like super toxic and let's say that she was a narcissist who you know needed someone to constantly be talking to and you know mirroring the best versions of herself to um that parent is you know you know your relationship how you got through the icky feelings and the the emotional neglect that you probably felt you're used to that Mm -hmm. dynamic in yourself so you find people and you get right back into that mm -hmm. groove they feel familiar to you those are the people that you have to look out for is that familiarity especially if you had a toxic past because you might think that it's love but it's really just like uh replaying your trauma over again so you know you could people do it with surrogacy people do it with drugs and alcohol you know but there is a fracturing of self that happens when we encounter trauma and trauma is different for everyone so the reason you would need soul retrieval is to be able to bring back call back those parts of you that are still in in that energetic realm being abused being you know manipulated being hurt somehow so a really good practice and this person would probably love this is to think about all the things that you needed when you were going through whatever it was you went through so let's say i don't know what makes this guy toxic to you but let's say he was a liar so the 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 sole abuse of a lie is that it makes you question your reality. Mm -hmm. And when you're constantly being lied to, the agreement that you have to make with yourself is that you can't trust your gut. Yes. That your this this lie is the 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 story that you're going to go with over your gut feeling and that introduces the cognitive dissonance it, we say we have a good relationship but i feel lonely and i feel like shit all of the time right and so when you're constantly having your relationship with your own internal emotional system being eroded and 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 um, what's the word i'm looking for it's not betrayal but when you when you constantly say, hey, whatever you say, I'm just going to believe over what I feel and they leave you because mm -hmm. that's the agreement that yeah. you're making. Yep. The agreement that you're making is I'll believe this lie so long as you stay with me. So you have to take responsibility for your part. That's the only way you get through it is if is when you take responsibility for what you did, because 
what they did is on them. Mm-hmm. And you, they can be a shitty person till the cows go home. But do you really want to be spending years, months, weeks of your life trying to prove a thing that's already true? Right. To who? To and who? for what? You know, like you have to deal with your part. So your part in the agreement was that you were willing to be lied to to keep this person in your life. And when they leave, a lot of those negative feelings that we feel about them are actually all the ways in which we neglected ourselves. And the longer you focus on him and what he did, the longer it's going to take for you to heal from the wounds and the agreements that you made. And until you can acknowledge your own agreements, you're going to find yourself in another cycle because you're not aware yet of why you're in this dynamic, why you like this. Mm -hmm. Because there is a connection that you have with this person who dumped you one Christmas, dumped you the next Christmas, and I'm sure there was a lot of ways he neglected you all along the way, but you're used to that. And he's actually an angel in disguise because all the ways you didn't love yourself are all the ways that, are all the places that you need to heal. Mm-hmm. All of the things, all of the ways that he took advantage of you, write those down. He did this and he did that. And then remove the he and then look at what you gave up. And that's where the healing needs to happen. You know, like that's your, your, that's your toxicity is the abuse that you signed up for to keep him in your life. So that happened in all these other relationships as well. You're, you've done a version of that in other relationships. And that's hurting you, clearly, because you don't like it. It's, it's upsetting. Mm-hmm. So this is how, you, this is how you, you're able to, to heal. But I think if you start from a place of soul retrieval, there's this really good book. Actually, I gave it to somebody. Um, it, <laughs> that feels very this... right for Shalita. To have the book, to have given it to someone in an act of service. It's yes. in her barn door bookshelf, you guys. It yes. is gorgeous behind her. And she did put it together herself once. And one of the one of the books is The Four Agreements from Miguel Ruiz. Oh. It's at the top. It's a companion book. But yeah, like you got to look at the agreements that you make for love because a lot of your agreements are hurting you. Mm-hmm. And there are people out there who will love you the way that you need to be loved, but you have to know how you need to be loved. Mm-hmm. That's accurate. Woo! See, you said you didn't want to be a preacher, but I said, honey, you can take me to church. <laughs> Shalita, I will sign up. If you want to start a cult, I will be there. I will take the dudes. I've I will already, take- I'm branding myself already. I'm going brand myself. branding myself right now. This is my Nexium. Shalita, I will do it. Because it's like, yes, yes, yes. I mean, it's also like, you know, the other, the, the other thing, like the smallest thing I'll say, because Shalita really gave us the word of the Lord. Is that like you need, like, you say like, okay, I've ended, I've ended this relationship. What do I do when I feel empty? And it's like, I think... I wonder if empty also might mean bored. I wonder if empty also might mean lonely, which I would say a lot of us are feeling given the state of 2020 and 2021 so far. So what can you be doing? Like what makes you happy? Like what makes you feel good? And I mean that in the simplest sense, Um, literally like, like I've started watching Korean dramas and it's my favorite thing. (laughs) Now, is it active? 
No. Uh, do I need to like work on strengthening my core? I'm sure. But when I'm watching these shows, I feel happy. I feel like I'm like experiencing another culture, and I'm not. Um, it doesn't feel as like I don't know. It just doesn't feel as boring as like watching my procedurals, or as like right. my brain doesn't feel as dead. It's and it's the, like it's the happiness of burying your face in your in your dog's fontanelle. Yes, something <laughs> like that. Like little things, Henny. Finding like what are the things that can give you some joy? Because the fact is, like this trash person, trash to you in that relationship, that trash person is probably thriving because trash yep. people usually do. Yeah, because a big part of being trash. Lesson of twenty twenty. <laughs> I'm like, this person's out here like literally living, and yep. so it's like, you know, you you win nothing or prove nothing by dimming your shine and i again i know it's hard to find stuff right now because we can't be as social as we want to be we can't like travel and stuff but you know there's got to be something for you that's just for you that you don't need anybody i'm not even talking just like i don't need a man i just mean anybody what can you do by yourself like earlier shalita when you were like i am so fun by myself <laughs> yes <laughs> it's like, so what does that feel like what is your version of that because like that, I mean, we need to know that even if we're in a relationship or not, yeah, you know, and I will man. say that as somebody who I also deal with the same thing. Like I was literally, what did I say last week to you? I was like, Andy, what should my hobby be? And he was just like, and you said something where you were like, I can't tell you that. I can't. There was, I forgot what it was. It was something, but I'm like, I can't help you with that. I am here for you. And there, there are many yes. things I'm here to support you with and on. I'm here for you and many different facets that's on you. I can't, <laughs> yes! I can't direct your life for you. I know, no. but I'm just like, I was like, and I realized I'm the extent to which I'm like, you know, I am, I am so lazy and I have such a high tolerance for discomfort. Like I could really sit there and just live. And it's like, and lately I'm just like, I'm like, I don't want to, I don't want to. And I don't even know where to begin. Like, it's so funny. The extent to which healthy choices are foreign to me. Like I literally was like, okay, what do I put in a salad? Okay, what's like better to eat? Okay, how do I start to run? Okay, like every tiny thing, like I just it it I I always feel like I missed that day in class when they were handing out some very basic like do you not want to die by 40? Do this. I missed that day. And so but it's like again, it's like it's on me to find that kind of thing. And it's just, it's even though it sounds so simple, meaning the things I'm asking for are so simple. So the same thing where you're like you know, Ratchet Hallmark movie, and you're just like, how do I get my groove back? And it's like, what are the things that give you a groove? You haven't yeah. told us. You, you haven't have to, told us. The difficult, I will say this, though. One of the things that, um, where I think I have I have come to understand you a little better in quarantine <laughs> is that because, like, at the beginning of quarantine, we all had to, like, learn how to relive our lives a little bit. And like, especially like, I mean, this is very dumb, but just like we do a live show online. I had to learn how to do that. Right. And that <laughs> takes a lot of energy. Right. Yeah. To yeah. learn how to re how to change your life in a certain way. And if you don't like Naomi, because you struggle with depression, you don't ha necessarily have that level of energy to find these things. I, I, I realize this as, you know, in. It, we're all kind of depressed in <laughs> in the pandemic. And I said, welcome to my world. Come on in, the water's warm. Yes. Because I've peed in it. Yes, you're, the, you're pinhead opening a Lamarchand box. Um, but like, but that, like, I, 
if you don't, I think the difficult thing is learn like how to change your life. Yes. It's easy for us to say, oh, change your life. Find the thing that's happy, right. you know, or whatever. It's difficult to, because you have to, like, invest the time and energy into that. And also practice. you have to, like, fuck it up, right? And also it's slow. I think the problem is I'm very impatient, so it's very slow. So it's very, like, you know, when people are like, get your life. I'm like, where is it? I'll get it. I just can't find it. You, you find it for me. I'll, I'll pay you to find it for me. <laughs> is there a task rabbit who will help me get my life? Because I don't know how. But it's like, yeah, it's like you need, you know, it's like you got to fucking try some shit. Yeah. So I think, I think find, like, giving yourself the time and uh, giving yourself the space and energy to find that thing is important. Yes. Or mm-hmm. those things or whatever that is. Mm-hmm. And I, mm-hmm. that's why, like, I wanted to just add that little bit because I think that part is uh, often left out when people are just like, yeah, find the thing that makes you happy. It's like, all right, experiment. And mm-hmm. give yourself the space to experiment and give yourself the time. Because, like, if I'm, like, fucking around on my guitar looking for some chord or whatever right <laughs> mm-hmm. like, uh, I, i'm i need to give myself a half hour to like screw around i can't just like pick it up for five minutes and be like i'm gonna write something brilliant <laughs> <laughs> right right that's true that's very very true that makes me think though that reminds me um you know what when you were talking about finding things that you like i realized that i didn't finish telling you about pole dancing we got sidetracked bring it back on bring it rest. back bring it back bring so, it back yeah so that's really great so yeah so i okay so let's pick up when you know doing ncs whatever yeah, yeah, you know yeah, yeah. stunts all that shit I realized that I came to a point, though, where I just got so bored lifting weights. And I had to be honest with myself that I didn't like it anymore. But I knew I needed to work out. So when I turned 30, I was like, all right, I'm going to stop lifting weights. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to only do things that bring me pleasure. But it's got to be cool shit. So at first, I thought it was going to be the dinghy, like the sailing. You know what I mean? Like, because I I also wanted to be excellent. I was like, (laughs) what is something that you can do over 30 and get an Olympic gold medal for? And there's like three things. Three things. So one of them was really cool with the sailing, whatever. Upon further research, the cool job, you got to be over like five, eight, and baby didn't grow. So I was like... Like that, that's out, unfortunately. So then I was watching the show. I was watching the show um, through Amazon Prime. <laughs> okay, it's couple therapy. So it's uh, it's called Polyamory, and it was a Showtime show for like two seasons. It's on Amazon Prime. Is Buck Wild, uh, but <laughs> but in the second season, one of the women is the owner of a pole studio here and so i was like she got a really great body and she's like you know older too so all right let me um let me check in be spun who chill i was like i can't roll up in there first thing not knowing none chill i'd get run right over so i so i was like let me look into other pole studios so i started going to this place in the valley called luscious maven and um saw a couple of hollywood people in there as well well, well, well. um yes 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 um <laughs> And that's where I got started. And then I went to New York and shot Search Party. And I started polling at uh, 
what's the uh fuck there's so many of them but the <laughs> the big one um body and pole body and pole and then i came back and i started going to be spun i was like all right now i'm ready now you're ready oh <laughs> uh, yeah 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 but what got me into it was actually a, a, again relationship with myself like it was like all right I don't have an experience of exploring my sensuality and sexuality in a public place because women aren't allowed to do that in public without consequences. Mm -hmm. So if I don't want street harassment, if I don't want, you know, ah, 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 then that changes how I allow myself to move in the world. However, there is an aspect of me that is unexplored because of this societal, you know, society doesn't teach men to have boundaries and to have, you know, self-control. It's it's a societal, you know, okay that men <laughs> don't have any self-control and we raise our boys to not really have any self-control. Um, so that's just a part of the version of masculinity. Um, so... And also, as a late to lesbian, okay, because baby is a whole lesbo, uh, the body <laughs> is gay. The body is so gay. I took the body through a lot, took a lot of dicks to get this gay. But, you know, <laughs> like if you're concerned about your little girl and her like sexual whatever, she might turn out gay. So it's okay. Um, <laughs> so, so, so I... I, as my sexuality was very much, you know, trained around heterosexuality, like mm -hmm. a lot of heteronormativity. And I needed to explore my femininity and sex sexuality and sensuality as a woman who loves women um, and, and address a lot of the the cultural things that I just like agreed to that I didn't realize. Mm -hmm. um, so that's how it started like let me just be in this room in this public place exploring this private thing safely and everyone's working on some version of it whether or not they're as aware of it as I am or not and then when I got past that it became oh well what other aspects of myself have I not accepted mm. and it would be very revolutionary with myself to accept so I would go to pole class without a wig on and with my natural hair. Mm -hmm. And it was like, can I love and feel sensual in my body with my natural hair? Mm -hmm. And I came to realize like even that choice and, and, and not making myself palatable in the room full of other women the the when the least liberated feels free it sets everybody else free as well mm -hmm. so i saw how my energy affected the vibe in the room and so women who were clearly feeling you know not as secure in their bodies for whatever reason were able to to be next to me and not feel like I'm judging them because I don't give a fuck about your body. This right, is the one right, that I have. Right. You know what I mean? And I'm working through my own shit. And I have no problem being that open about it because that's my fucking superpower. Is that that's my truth. 
truth anytime truth sends someone running i'm like that's that that's not my those aren't my people right because you know you're too fragile you're too you're not really strong within yourself we can't go through anything together if the very mere truth scares the fuck out of you then (laughs) we got nothing we got nothing in common so so yeah like so that that was the headspace that I was working with. And I started doing mirror meditation. And, you know, I was just in my own world, like doing my own thing. And I think when people, when people see that someone set themselves free, they either react by, you know, cowering in a corner and somehow making themselves a victim of your <laughs> liberation. Your yeah. yeah. <laughs> like I had this woman, like I wear like wild shit, yo, on the regs. Like <laughs> I, I will wear some wild shit and just be like, yeah. So I would roll in sometimes in this bad ass, like, Dickies red, bright red Dickies one one piece that I got in Chiang Mai, Thailand, with these giant revolver guns on it, and this <laughs> Chinese dude with this fucking like top knot shit and this blunt, and it just says like gun show on the back, like just fucking cuckoo bananas, like love that shit, and it was easy for me. It was practical because it's a one piece, like I could just yeah. break that bitch open, and I'm in my polar, I'm ready for class. You know what I mean? So, but this woman was, I I did two classes in a row and she had come in later and uh, to the second class and uh, we had to put on things to like slide across the floor to like learn this thing. And so I threw on my shit and there were a bunch of women like, oh my God, I love it. It's like, yeah, I know, it's dope. (laughs) And this one girl was like, are you like, a rapper or something? Ugh. What? Ew. 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 I know. I, Ew, I know. That's my first, yeah. I'm yeah, like, I'm like, oh, this, this person. person this person is very upsetting. Out. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Ugh. And I was like, <laughs> I didn't know I had to rap to be this dope. But no, sweetie, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not. And you know what? That like direct and also like fuck you, bitch. Like I'm yeah, not. Yeah, yeah. I'm not meeting you there. You know exactly. what I mean? Exactly. You're not gonna shame like, me. Like whatever yeah. you're trying is not gonna work. That's some real. That's some real. The lady at the beginning of Baby Got Back energy. Oh 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 my God, Becky, look at her butt. Yes. 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 yes, yes, yes. <laughs> but it was like I know that you're coming from a place of insecurity. And you are trying to weaponize your low self-esteem and it's not going to work. And when, when I said that her energy was like, and she was so weird where she was fixated on me in the class. Like she kept physically finding herself close (gasps) to me. You know what I mean? In the class. And it was just like, yo, like this is bananas. (laughs) But, but again, like, you know, it's it's just that was her response to mm-hmm. someone being fully alive, you know? Yeah. Yep. And, yep, yep, and yep. if for me it was like I wish you well. Right. <laughs> Ooh, that's so good. That's so satisfying. Also, that jumpsuit sounds fun. Was oh, it like it's are we talking like electric, like a electrician jumpsuit? You know what I mean? Like yep. full pants and like long sleeves yep. and you can like zhuzh the sleeve. No, baby, it's short it's short sleeves, like I'm a fucking oh. mechanic out here, just like <laughs> Under a car, I can't have sleeves. It's not practical. <laughs> I can't have sleeves. I work to do. I work to do. <laughs> I'm working, bitch. Oh my god! Speaking of which, there's this. 
I don't. Okay. She's like 20. She's like 22. Okay. Her name is Daisy, but I am obsessed with like two of her songs. Oh, okay. There's this one song she has just reminded me. It's really awesome. It's called Working Bitch. <laughs> and it goes, I'm working, bitch. Ain't got no time for dick. <laughs> Says. <laughs> bitch. Ain't got no time. Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> Gonna be late. Gotta punch in. Oh, Shalita, 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 Shalita. You just fucking saved me today, honey. You gave me a gift I didn't even know I wanted. You know what I mean? It's like, wow. You brought that to the potluck, and I didn't even realize I was hungry. <laughs> Thank you, honey. Oh, you're welcome, darling. Thank you for taking the time to talk to us to feed the soul. My soul. Oh, a cornucopia. My Andy's soul a is- strong black woman. <laughs> you made him a strong black woman. Oh, thank you. <laughs> you have many tools. Many tools. <laughs> oh, okay, you guys. I hope you feel it in your bones, too. We will talk to you next week. Bye. Bye. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.